In this episode, Aileen and Nancy discuss the concept of death from a quantum physics perspective using a quote from the TV series Midnight Mass. They also discuss belief systems and maintaining those beliefs within or without structured religion. (laughs) Welcome to Expansive Minds Podcast, Gateway to Freedom, a podcast where two friends, Aileen and Nancy, explore and expand beyond what they think they know in order to live a life of freedom. Thank you for joining us. And away we go. Okay, we're recording. So um, I was watching a vampire TV series. Mm-hmm. Right? So not something you would think you'd find anything spiritual or remotely spiritual in. Earlier in the show, the two characters were talking about what it's like to die. So then she ends up dying and she flashes back to her friend asking her, what's it like when you die? And she just had the most amazing speech. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I want to, shall I read it? Too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she a vampire? No, she's got, oh. she just got killed by one. Okay. What was cool about this series, I mean, I've seen every vampire thing like known to man. I love vampires. <laughs> yeah. But what was cool yeah. about this one was it was... um. Uh, the vampire, the vampire was a priest, mm-hmm. and everything they did, every horrible thing they did, they had a scripture quote. See, this is whatever, like Matthew said in the Gospel of blah blah blah. So justifying their actions, justifying mm-hmm. their actions through the Bible by through- interpret taking the the content and applying, perhaps taking it out of. The entire picture and then using it as an agenda to apply to what they wanted to control. And I felt like, ah, you know, maybe this explains over the years why I kind of tortured myself. Because you can take even the most, in this series, the most horrific thing. Mm -hmm. You know, a vampire who's immortal and say, I've been chosen to be like Christ. I don't die. I'm everlasting life. Mm. And they're like quoting. Like, so it just kind of made me feel, ah, well, yeah, this, this stuff could be pretty dangerous this is how it works this yeah. is how right and that's some of the risks of fundamentalism yes. and um or- fundamentalists and yeah stuff. yeah things like that sure so so i was watching because i just liked that spin on it because mm-hmm. it made me feel like oh so I could it's clarifying yeah for you. that's good yeah good word yes so but anyway then toward the end this very sort of last scene is this character is dying and um, this was like the most spiritual thing. Like I'm weeping mm-hmm. as she's dying on the ground. So somebody says, you know, what is death, you know, for you? She's like, oh, speaking for myself, you know, what's, what's dying? And so, so then she goes into it. She says, myself, myself, that's the problem. That's the whole problem with the whole thing. That word self, that's not a word. That's not right. That isn't. How did I forget that? When did I forget that? The body stops a cell at a time, but the brain keeps firing those neurons. Little lightning bolts, like fireworks inside. And I thought I'd despair or feel afraid, but I don't feel any of that. None of it. Because I'm too busy. I'm too busy in the moment. Remembering. Of course. I remember that every atom in my body was forged in a star. This matter, this body, is mostly empty space after all. And solid matter? It's just energy. Vibrating. Very slowly. That's why there is no me. There never was. The electrons of my body mingle and dance with the electrons of the ground below me, and the air I am no longer breathing. And I remember 
There is no point where any of that ends and I begin. I remember I am energy. Not memory, not self. My name, my personality, my choices all came after me. I was before them, and I will be after. And everything else is pictures, picked up along the way. Fleeting little dreamlets printed on the tissue of my dying brain. And I am the lightning that jumps between them. I am the energy firing the neurons. And I'm returning, just by remembering I'm returning home. And it's like a drop of water falling back into the ocean, of which it's always been a part. All things apart. You, me, my little girl, my mother, my father, everyone who's ever been, every plant, every animal, every atom, every star, every galaxy, all of it. More galaxies in the universe than grains of sand on the beach. And that's what we're talking about when we say God. The cosmos and its infinite dreams. We are the cosmos dreaming of itself. It's simply a dream that I think is my life every time. But I'll forget this. I always do. I always forget my dreams. But now, in this split second, in the moment, I remember. The instant I remember, I comprehend everything at once. There is no time. There is no death. Life is a dream. It's a wish. Made again and again and again and again and again and again. On into eternity. I am all of it. I am everything. I am all. I am that I am. Is that the most beautiful thing? Like, I, I get weepy every time I read it. Like, to be in a, in a horror movie, like, they nailed quantum mm -hmm. physics mm -hmm. Absolutely. principle. Absolutely. Energy never dies. It just changes, changes shape. It can't That's, die. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. It's yeah. impossible for it to die. That's beautiful. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great piece. And, uh... Two things. One, it brings up for me how I think that brilliant people, multi-sensory, multi-dimensional people, people are hooked in beyond this perception of three-dimensional, five-sensory reality, how they try to touch those truths through movies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I think about Star Trek. Yeah. One of my favorites, right? So ahead of their time, right? Absolutely. And... It's a way to express, touch this deep knowledge that we know uh, without, by saying like, oh, this is a movie script I'm writing. Like, oh, no, this isn't real. I'm just sort of putting this out there. It sort of protects us from uh, saying, no, this is what I really believe and, and what kind of pushback we could get to that. So instead, there's this incredible way to share with the world under the guise of, I mean, this isn't really true, however, right? So no, there aren't really these vampires, you know, doing this and this. However, for you, and this piece, absolutely for me as well, tells some truth that we've come to understand at this point. And, uh, and it can be done in a way of, this is a vampire show. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not yeah. totally saying this is what we believe in. We're just saying this is what this character is saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love how they slipped it in there. Yeah. Like this brilliance, you know, you're you're watching a horror movie, you're not expecting to find something so deep and poignant that just lands like bam. Mm -hmm. And then comforting. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a beautiful description of death. When I read it I thought, you know, you know, my mom passed away just August and I was like, Oh cool. I mean, this is comforting when you think of death then. So if you lost somebody, you're like, oh, they just went off into another dream. 
mm-hmm. and they're here and in, in some way, shape, or form. Exactly. Yeah. Just not one that we have been programmed to be able to translate. And with that said, people can translate it. This yeah. is translation of energy, just translation of sound and energy. I'll tell you this story and then we'll, you know, we'll pop back. One of the things I learned about translation of vibration actually came from me just living as a child with my brother. My brother had severe asthma and often did not go outside during like high hay fever kind of times. There's a lot of things he was allergic to. He taught himself to play guitar. He had a few guitar lessons and uh, his room and my room, we shared a wall. And so I listened to him play guitar and probably, you know, at night or when he was, whatever, just sort of, there was this, this connection we had. Now we'll jump to many years later. I had a friend who he had told me that he hadn't played guitar in a long time. So for the first time in many, many years, he took his guitar, he had a bunch of guitars on the wall, had all names for them. He took it down and he just started riffing. He's just playing, he's just going with it. And I'm listening. I don't realize at that point that I'm translating anything. I'm just listening. And so when he finishes, I look up and I said, oh, it's really great. I heard you say this and then, you know, this first riff you did, and then it switched to this. And I heard you say this, and then I was feeling this. And I mean, I, I just think I'm in the flow with him and I'm talking. And then I looked and his eyes were like huge. And he said, that's exactly what I was thinking and feeling. How did you know that? Was and that the first time you translated energy? Like, how did how did you come to learn how to translate energy? Well, was it this was the first kind well, of accident? Well, it was or? part of the awareness because I was ready, already doing polarity energy at that point. Oh, you were practicing I was already practicing it. it. Okay. So, okay. so this was a learning moment where I said, well, I, I don't really know. Because for a lot of us, we're just being us. So we don't know that it's different or unusual. And that's when then I thought I went back to my brother and I went back to not realizing I was learning empathically through the bond of my brother, his vibration in relationship to how it came out through the guitar, through the music. I was connecting to him speaking guitar, so to speak. So that when my friend started to speak guitar, it was very simple for me to understand it and to comprehend it. Wow. That is super cool. So it's like a foreign language or mind Correct. reading? It's, it? it's, a, it's a, just a new language. And so when we talk about people who have died, one of the trickiest things is that we're trying to hold them and communicate and know them. We're trying to grab onto this three-dimensional, five-sensory I I need to be with you as your physical mouth is moving, as opposed to the consciousness is still riffing out feelings and thoughts. I need to be in tune with that language. So the guitar was a language in which both these people at that time were sending their thoughts and their feelings through, and I was able to interpret it. That is the same in my experience for people who have, quote unquote, died. The energy consciousness still exists, and it's the openness to move past what we think we know, right, right, of how people communicate, to being open to the vibration that comes 
through and to, to translate it. So let's say your first language was mm -hmm. guitar. Mm -hmm. And then from guitar, you're basically picking up on the thought forms in their head or the mm -hmm. energy in their head. How did you then evolve that to, I don't need to hear the guitar, I can simply sit in someone's presence, and now you're getting even more powerful where you don't even need to be in the same room with them. You can intend yes. to tap into a presence miles away. Right. But let's, let's just say, how did you make that jump from hearing guitar music and translating to just being able to kind of get inside someone's head? Uh, for, I think it's fine-tuning what already exists. So I explained to people is we all have selective hearing, right? So all of these vibrations are going on all the time. If I'm having a conversation with you at a party, I'm looking at you, you're talking to me, I'm hearing your words, and I'm tuning out the band, you know, the music over there. I'm tuning out the person right behind me talking about something. I'm selecting you and so I have to, you know, fine tune into your vibration, your sound, your tone. So I'm only hearing you. Yet all this is going on. So what we're talking about is selective hearing, selective focus. And I can simultaneously do a lot of that now because I've learned how to uh, move in and, out of, in and out of it. So um, once we accept that there is more than three-dimensional, five-sensory reality, then we can be open to having what we think we know get blown away. And it can be difficult, right? Because we, we want to be accepted by our families. We want to be accepted by our religious communities. We want to be, we've been conditioned. Maslow's hierarchy of human needs bring us to the point, once your survival needs are met, you move up to like, you know, being a part of community and experiencing love. And so we, we choose to be in agreement with those people around us who we perceive um, are beneficial to our survival and our desire to be loved. Hmm. And so when I hear you talk about for you seeing this, this show, you're given an opportunity to move away from a culture that you thought you needed to belong to. And now you're like, I dig vampires. I'm jumping in the vampire culture. <laughs> and from that, you're learning a lot. You had to let go of. There are people who are very connected to a religious culture they were brought up in, and they would never watch a vampire movie because it goes against. Yeah. What, and I run into that sometimes where people perceive that the work I do is in contrast, is a problem with a religious my organization sister, yeah. that they grew up with. When I went to my first uh, intuitive gal, mm -hmm. or what do you, uh, me, medium? Medium. Is that somebody who, who talked to dead people? Yeah, medium. So I or went channeling. to the, yeah, went to the first, my first gal, I told, came back from it and I was so excited because I was like, oh my God, this stuff exists. I can't believe this. There was no way this woman could not have mm -hmm. been tapping in very specific things without me saying a word. Um, and so I was shared to my sister. She's a good little Italian Catholic girl. Mm -hmm. I went to this lady. She was so cool. She was like, oh, my God, you, you got to get the holy water. That's the occult. You shouldn't have done that. Don't go back. And mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, I don't know. It didn't feel like that. I mean, she opened the session with, I'm a channel of love and light, Archangel Michael. Make sure the channel is clean and pure. So I really wasn't getting, like, anything bad, per se. And I love the concepts of... The Bible, Jesus is the bomb, was and is, 
It was just when the hierarchy came into place and then tried to control behavior based on the scripture, then I then it just took away from the scripture. But as in this particular TV show, scripture can be interpreted many, many ways. Um, but when I started delving into the spiritual space, it was the scripture became even more enlightening. I'm like, oh my God. This doesn't mean, you know, when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, this doesn't mean heaven is a separate place and I've got to work real hard and go through the judgment process and get approval by the board and St. Peter to get in. It's right here. King, the kingdom of heaven, this is what he means. It means it's right here. It's right here. It's in me. So now knowing the, the different concepts that I know with quantum physics and, and just exploring spirituality in a broad sense, now I read the scripture a whole different way. I still love the scripture. I just read it completely differently now. Mm -hmm. You have more freedom. Yeah. And there's no freedom. motive. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think if you have a structured organization, you can't help but have a motive. And you need people to do certain things. So you need a mechanism to get them to do those certain things, as opposed to just pure fluid text that is just saying, let's all just be connected in love and joy and Take another look at the scriptures, I guess, is what I would say to people. If you, if, you, if you haven't read them now, go back and just read them on your own with what you feel and not what someone in a structure organization is telling you that they mean. Mm -hmm. Totally different. And there is a, um, there's a piece around the human ego that when it acts from its woundedness and its fear and scarcity can sometimes when it is in a position of power, can abuse their power because they're coming from woundedness and fear. Yeah. And I also think if there was a lot of momentum, perhaps things weren't starting out and you know, some organized religions weren't initially starting out on this path, but then just kind of gained some momentum, started with that fear, and then it was like, oh, I can, get, I can go from fear to power if I, write, if I position this the right way. And then it's just got so much momentum. And that, yeah, and that, that's part of what we're trying to balance. Now, for me, when I look at many religions and spiritual disciplines, I see this really beautiful common thread. And when we celebrate those things together, such as the concept of the goddess and a lot of, um, when we talk about earth-based spiritualities. I see the oneness mm -hmm. in all of these faiths mm -hmm. of oneness they can all yeah. be celebrated together so there is in what people might say pagan culture earth-based spiritualities they're all a little fine-tuned here and there there can be this overlapping that we can see but a lot of the christian holy days overlap some of the very ancient pagan mm -hmm. um, holy the winter days solstice Christmas, yeah. And so if we can celebrate them all together, there's this concept that the goddess was very, very strong in many cultures, which is the sacred feminine. Mm -hmm. Which and would make sense, right? Because women can give birth, mm -hmm. right? Creative life yeah. force. And that perhaps Mother Mary, for example, this one, the, the Catholic Church could take away the concept of the goddess in her power that many of the, you know, we know that a lot of churches are, you know, Mary of this, Mary of this, mm -hmm. Mary of the ocean, Mary of the, right? <laughs> the idea is that, that there are so many 
sacred Mary churches and, and followings because the people who were potentially killed and, um, right, we're, we're going to abuse our power and say, you must believe in this, that they said, all right, you know what? So what? We'll call the goddess Mary. We know it's the goddess. We know it's the sacred feminine. And in order for us to, you know, not have our villages burned, we'll say, sure, you know, what we'll call this our, our group Mary of the, you know, mountains of bliss, <laughs> when it was really this other goddess, right? And so we celebrate that and good for them. How brilliant, how brilliant, right? Yeah. It's like, well, you can tell us this and we don't need to die over this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we know yeah. what we're doing. So that's a part to also move from woundedness and victimization to say, no, you know, I, I have my power in this. I have my power in the sacred. I think as, as I'm hearing from you say, reclaiming the scriptures, yeah. right? Which is, there's power in this for me. There's beauty in this for me. There's love in this for me. And I can participate in this concept, in this truth for me, in a way that leads to my freedom and my higher being sharing radiant, unconditional love on this planet. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I don't have to fight with this person. I don't have to fight with that person. I don't have to be victimized. I can be in my power with the goddess sacred feminine. I can be in my power with the Christian, the Christian scriptures. And to me, the power, which I feel like I've evolved to now when I read sacred text, any sacred text, it's not in the actions and these actions that, that are going to generate reward. It's, it's the power is the connectedness, connectedness to Mother Earth, to Father Sky. To, it's a oneness. It's a love. That's the power. Mm -hmm. um, not do this, this, and this on this day, because then God will be happy. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's more of just feeling the power, the feminine, whatever, the power by just being, by just feeling that connectedness to your fellow human and being compassionate to everybody you encounter and even send compassion to those you don't. And breaking over and through the concepts that we were given to the best of everybody's ability, right? Our parents, the cultures were around us. Uh, I remember when I first read the Jane Roberts Seth books. I remember the Seth books. And Seth yeah. starts to bring up what happens when you die, right? So that was like, ooh, ooh yeah. right? So yeah. whatever we, whatever we were conditioned to believe, if we can hold that and say that was our caregivers, our guardians, that was the community that loved us so much that they want us, wanted us to have what they thought the best for us would be. And I will take that love and that intention, and I will expand to learn more about what other cultures and other people have to say about death and dying or whatever the topic is. And I will explore it with those people who I love, who I trust, and who are also explorers and scientists mm -hmm, mm -hmm. willing to move into freedom. Yes, I agree. I love it. And yeah, and I, I think we were never really encouraged to expand any other sacred texts than the texts of our denomination, but I would encourage everybody to check out all the other sacred texts because you're right, there's that thread in there and there is freedom in there. 
And your interpretation of it is exactly the right interpretation, yeah. whatever it speaks to you. And my one last story about that, I had this wonderful experience. I was working in a nursing home. They did have a Christian minister there, which was interesting. Um, there's a little biased, right? There's a little biased in, in our world in some places. And so anyway, he was very nice, very nice man, and but very strongly Christian. He leaned towards that in, in the nursing home. So one day I saw him, he noticed me, he was walking by a, a door and I was in the activity room with just one new resident and she came up to me and she was crying. And so she reached out and she grabbed my dress and she blew her nose in my dress, <laughs> which I loved. I was like, this is great. I love that I can, I was so great with that because she was getting comfort. I mean, it was really beautiful. So she's blowing her nose and wiping her face with my dress. And then I looked over and he was looking in the doorway yeah. and he was like, hmm. like you could see his face. He'd be surprised yeah. at the scene. So later on in the cafeteria that was there, I was sitting there eating my lunch and he came and he said, may I sit with you? I said, sure. And he said, I noticed that I saw this thing happen. I said, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he asked me if I was a Christian and I said, well, I, I grew up Catholic. I'm a Unitarian Universalist. And uh, I said, well, yeah, I just learned, I've learned a lot, Buddhism, Native American, Wiccan, Pagan, like I just really love um, Judaism. I love bringing it all in Islam, like I just bring it all in and I have found this beautiful common truth that is something I celebrate and I honor all of these. Beautiful. Uh, and so he said, well, in all of my studies, I discovered there's only one true one, which is Christianity. And I said, that's okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. So then he said to me, I really, really, really want you to accept Jesus Christ as your savior. And Nancy, when I looked at him, <laughs> sorry to laugh. I know, but he yeah. had so much love. Like he meant he, it. He feels it. He right. meant all, it. Yeah. And I felt so honored. And I meant it from my heart. I said, I thank you so much for caring for me. I understand the beauty and the strength and your love for me, respect that you have for me, that you want me to be in the absolute best place that you believe would be the ultimate eternal for me. And I, I thank you so much. That's a beautiful perspective. And he said, but you're still not going to do it, are you? <laughs> I said, well, no, no, but I'm, I'm taking the vibration. That was such a great learning for me because I didn't, and this speaks a little bit going back to sort of like, what do you listen to? What's the three dimension? What's coming out of people's mouths? What's their yeah. egos, right? Yeah. His energy, the words didn't matter. His energy of loving me so much. I mean, he to save you. Yes. He could have looked at me and said, and I would have been like, oh my gosh, I feel that. Thank yeah. you for loving me so much. And so as we're leaving, I'm elated because of his love and he stressed because of his ego and wanting to contain me and what he believed was the right thing. So if we can take in and, and receive what ultimately is happening, bypassing the ego who has some woundedness, who has some story that it feels really secure in, if we can bypass that and engage in the deepest, truest, intimate connection someone is trying to have with us, Yes, that's regardless really of where the it's words, at. regardless yes, of what of we the think medium they're doing, in which they're trying and, to right? Deliver. They're trying to manipulate us. Well, they can't. They yeah. can't manipulate. We'd have to jump in on like, please, please manipulate me, and <laughs> we can talk about all that. Of course, all these other shows we're going to do. 
it was a power balance. And then he went out of balance for himself, but I didn't have to go out of balance with him. Right. I didn't have to. I right. was in my balance yeah. with love and all of these beautiful vibrations from all of these religions, all of these spiritual disciplines mm -hmm. come into me to give me confidence for how I walk on this earth. And he had one that he wanted to finagle people to do because that's the best he could gather within himself in that moment. Oh, that's exquisite. Damn, girl, you're on. <laughs> How do you want to kind of wrap up something we could ponder this week? Yeah. So I think that for each of us to think about, oh, look at look at this article. Why am I reading this particular article in the newspaper, right? Why, why is my social media tagged by my cookies and what I watched keep feeding me with this? Is this really authentic to me? Is this feeding myself? Is it nourishing me? Is it blowing my mind open to new ideas and possibilities? Or am I just looping in a comfort conditioning zone that maybe might not be completely accurate for me in my growth and my development to where I want to be and who I truly am. So we all, as we go through our days and weeks and we see what's coming in front of us, mm -hmm. ask ourselves that question. Is this a loop or is this an opportunity to explore things from a new you perspective? It. Yes. Awesome. Yes. All right. We out. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Expansive Minds podcast, Gateway to Freedom. Until next time more to be revealed.